about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, let's pray first. Father, we praise you, Lord. We just thank you for this day, Father. Lord, just guide me where you want me to go. If you want me to not follow this, show me, Lord. I ask you to open all our hearts and for your Holy Spirit to minister. Bring any truth forth, Lord, that you have in this. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> all right. All right, first off, let's start with uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 4. In my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And skip over to 4.19, 1 Corinthians. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. First Thessalonians 1 For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost in much assurance. If we, if someone gets talked into the gospel, they can be talked out of the gospel. The reason why, there's a reason why we have a supernatural gospel and a supernatural God. And God is wanting to demonstrate and I believe we're in an hour that he's really wanting to demonstrate. And he's been showing me for 20-some years that troubles would be coming, but it was going to be a great time for the church, like Isaiah says, that maybe we should go there. <laughs> Is it 60? See, I messed up, said, Lord, you take me where you want to go. So now I'm going. <laughs> Arise, shine, for the light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. 
For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. <clears throat> and uh, I think we have a fear of God not showing up. I guess. I think that's what it is. Where so many people are not moving forward. And the way AJ came in is Jason, his, which is Bethany's brother, was at my shop and says, man, my brother-in-law's, his shoulders are messed up. They're doing MRIs on him. They can't find what's wrong. <clears throat> and I kept trying to get him to let me pray, but he kept saying, get out of here with that <laughs> CRAP. That ain't real. <clears throat> and uh, he goes, but he really likes race cars. What if, could I invite him over and maybe, well, you can talk to him a little while and then you can maybe pray with him. I'm like, sure. So we talked about cars for probably a couple hours. I don't know, it was a while. And then uh, I started talking to him and I told him a couple testimonies and uh, said, can I pray for your shoulders? And he says, and he could tell you, he's sitting right here. <laughs> but he's like, what do I do? I'm like, nothing, just let me pray. I'm like, move your shoulders. And he's like, he kept going, this is crazy. <laughs> I can still see your face. When you're, this is crazy. So then a couple of days later, he comes over with his wife, and her back was hurting. Her hips are out of line. And Jason walks outside because he knows what's fixing to happen. The door's right by, the chair's right by the door where I sat her down. I'm like, AJ, you take her feet. <clears throat> so you didn't see Jason, but he's standing there like just laughing, looking in the door, knowing <clears throat> AJ's probably going to freak out. So I just asked God. Her leg was pretty much, it was a good amount shorter, and I prayed and forgot to line her back up, and the shorter one just started getting shorter. You know, and then he's like, <laughs> looked like he's going to pass out, to be honest. He's like, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, that's why her back's so crooked is because her leg's so much shorter. I said, that's no problem. God grew her leg out. God grew her leg out. And then uh, he's like, this is crazy. I'm like, no, this is God. God is fun. We got the only supernatural that's, you know. I said, you ought to come check our church out. You learn how to do these things, you know. And it's like. And they came, and they've been here how many years? <laughs> Ten years. But they came in on something real, you know what I mean, supernatural. If I'd have talked them into coming, they may have came twice and left, you know what I mean? But it was real. God wants to reach people more than we want to reach them. AJ. It was raining at the track. <clears throat> I prayed. God stopped. I don't know him. And we pushed the car under the tower because it's like a 10-foot section to get out of the rain. And I'll just tell the whole story. The, the owner's six foot eight, and he's also big. So when I sit in that car, I, the dash is like up here, and the feet, feet pedal, the pedals are like that far away. <laughs> And he's like, I want you to drive. I'm like, I didn't bring any pillows. And I have to put pillows. I have to put pillows in a lot of the race cars I drive. But 
they started getting, you name it, little round, just anything to sit on. So I just get in there and I'm like, man, if I fall off this thing, you know, trying to keep them straight underneath me, stacked this high and stacked behind me. And I had a bad feeling in my spirit though, and I'm not afraid of cars. <clears throat> I've raced since I was 15. <clears throat> and uh, I kept going, Lord, are you telling me not to drive? Is this you? feels like you're telling me not to drive this, and I don't know what to tell the guy. So it starts raining. I'm like, Lord, are you making it rain? Because something's fixing to happen. So I'm like, well, when it rains, I've seen God do neat things, stop in the rain. He loves reaching non-believers. We've got to get ourselves out, get our pride, quit worrying if it's going to happen. You're, if you go there, you're never going to see anything happen. You're going to have to risk looking stupid maybe, but they're not going to think you're stupid as the enemy is going to make you feel. We've got to start stepping out. <clears throat> and uh, so I, I don't even know which one it was. There was two guys. I didn't know them. They were working on the same car I was. And uh, doing, they had just done some work to it. <clears throat> and I was going to tune it. So start, we push it under the tower. One of them leaves. I'm like, he might be the one you want to reach, Lord. I'm not praying. If you're going to do this, then we're going to wait till they're both back. The other, one of them comes back, and the other one leaves. I'm like, well, he might have been the one. <laughs> so then I wait. So finally, he comes back. I walked over there, and I just, you just got to push through it, man. I'm like, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but grab my hands. I'm like, well, just grab my hands. And I prayed. And I walked around, and he just usually answers that. I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. If I've probably seen that over 50 times, <clears throat> and uh, I said, Lord, I walked around, I said, it looked like it started getting a little harder, I said, Lord, if this rain starts getting harder, I'm going to think you don't want me driving, I'm going to go, I'm going to tell him I'm not driving, and if you stop the rain, I know I'm not supposed to drive, so I walked over there and said, dude, I'm just not feeling like I'm supposed to drive, which... I think that was the first time I ever did that. <clears throat> and it stopped. And he goes out there, and these steering wheels, they snap on in these cars. And because he's so big, his is up on the dash, you know. It's like you're, so you don't have to pull it off getting in a car, but that's why they do that. Because a lot of them, like my race car, you got to take it off when you get in the car. And uh, so he goes out there, and he takes off. The steering wheel comes off. It goes, I think Angel's had it. I don't know how it did it, cause, and he'll tell you, because he was nervous, he's new to driving, and he, he had to have his foot on the brake and the gas, so it's just peeling the tires, the motor's screaming, and he goes across towards the wall, and without the steering wheel on, somehow it turned and came back and stopped sideways in the track, and uh, so then he called, and then uh, Next day, he goes, man, I think that was the Lord. If that steering motor came off. So I told him what happened. Three days later, he's like, can I stop by your shop? And he's kind of just beating around the bush when he stopped by asking questions about work. And then uh, finally, we got the gospel, and the Lord just really moved on him. And he never even cried in front of his wife. The Lord had him, was healing him, delivering him, and crying for hours we were in there. God just was giving me words of knowledge for him. And... Uh, the next day, I was telling him how the Lord speaks through your own voice. The next day, because I was talking about forgiveness, he hears, he's like, he calls me, man, I was at the traffic light, and I, 
It wasn't me thinking it, but I heard, I have given you the power to forgive. The next day, he goes to yell at his employee, and he's, he's like, man, the voice said, <laughs> you don't yell at anyone. You are not above any other human being. You're just trying to intimidate him. I'm like, praise God. So then a couple of days later, he's in my shop, and there's a guy there that got in a car wreck, and his knees messed up, and he, uh, I'm like, pray for him. And he prayed, because I like to get people to pray and see they can do it before they learn they can't do it, you know? <laughs> so I like to get them praying quick, and the guy got healed. So he's here, and my point is just, it's good to speak the gospel, but God wants to demonstrate, quit, we got to quit worrying about ourselves here, you know? We got to take the risk, or we're just never going to see it. <clears throat> And when he does move, we always make sure we give him the glory. There's a ditch on both sides of the road on that one. There's, there's some people out there, all glory to God, and they're trying to get the attention when they're doing it. And it makes me sick when you hear that. No, it's all Jesus. All Jesus, the way I moved that chair, you know. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but... Uh, when the miracles do happen, people will, the enemy will people keep having people tell you how anointed you are. The main thing to remember is everyone in here, Amen. That's right. we're all equal. Amen. Ain't nobody above nobody. Amen. We have authority over demons, sickness, disease. We don't have authority over people. If you feel like you're doing something that's awesome, my heart's to get everybody else to do it. That's why I'm talking about this. Yeah. We want to never think we're above anyone. If you want to be greater, it says, he who is servant of all will be greatest of all. The Lord put himself in the womb of a woman to come down here and serve us. And when he washed the feet, he said, y'all do the same thing. That isn't in my teaching. <laughs> um, I've only, I've heard the audible voice of the Lord, I think five times, four or five. I'd have to count them. But, uh, First time I heard him, and this was different than the other times. Maybe it's an angel, I don't know, but this was like super loud. And it was, uh, he said, this is not about us, our anointings, and our ministries. This is about a God and his people and him calling them back to him. So I've been, I'm accountable for hearing that. You know what I mean? So whether anyone wants to believe or heard him or not, <laughs> I'm accountable. Like that remains the rest of my life. Especially when I'm hearing teachers now that I've been listening to for years and say they haven't heard the audible voice. I was like, oh, I was complaining not hearing it. It's been like one time in 13 years. Let's see, Matthew, let's go to Matthew 9.33. Real quick, I just keep feeling the. I just want to 
be obedient. <clears throat> I keep feeling to give this other testimony. I had a guy in Palm Beach, had a pro mod car, really nice car. Had me come work on it. He was going to a race. It was some kind of benefit in uh, Orlando, Florida. And when I was there, he's like, yeah, there's a tropical storm coming, and uh, we probably won't get to race, but we'll, ju we'll just party. He goes, you won't smoke a doobie, will you? I said, nah. He says, yeah, I heard you into that uh, religious stuff or church stuff, whichever it was he said. So I didn't say anything. So then we get there the next week. Friday we get there. I forget, it's 5 o'clock. It rains the whole. I'm trying to get the nerve to walk up, but the fear is just on me, too strong. And I'm not a, I don't get afraid of it not happening. I don't go there. That's, not, that's making it about me. Okay? Got to get that out of our heads. But I just can't, the nerve to walk up and do that, <laughs> you know. So then that night in the motel, we're going to go back next morning. I'm just, I can't sleep. I keep getting out of bed, beating myself up. I've got to do this, you know. You know. Next day, I go out there. We're sitting there like three or four hours, and I just can't do it. But I did show them the pictures of the girl. Most of y'all seen them. The girl healed of the skin disease. And uh, so we're in the trailer, and it's raining. He's on the back of the car. I'm leaning against the side of the car, and his buddy's leaning on the other side of the car. And he goes, let's just go. It's a tropical storm. It's not going to stop. And I'm just like, oh, Lord. And then I look back at the owner. He's a big old guy. He's like, it's Todd Abrams. <clears throat> he says, I don't suppose he could do anything about that. I'm like, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> He's like, they look. I said, grab my hands. <laughs> Todd grabs my hand. The other guy looks at me like, I, and, I, they, and I'm very quiet, most people know. <laughs> I yelled, and I'm like, grab my hand. <laughs> He's like, and I, and I prayed, and I let go, and I yelled at him. I said, it ain't going to rain no more. And I walked out, <laughs> and the Lord came on me to say, guarantee, and I stopped it. I, could, I was like, no, can't guarantee. <laughs> and, uh, and then now I tell the testament, it's like, I wish I had said it. That would have sounded better in the testament. <laughs> But uh, I went out, got in the car, just turned to worship, and I just praised the Lord. And we, ran, we raced the whole day. And there was not a, even during the racing, there was not a blue spot in the, anywhere in the sky. And the uh, whole rest of the day, then at the end of the day, he's like, come over to the truck, I got to pay you. And uh, I'm thinking, yeah, he's going to say, what a coincidence, you know. So you, they always do that. It's like when you someone's, Leg gets healed. The bone's broke. Oh, they mixed your x-ray up. They always got excuses. So I'm walking over there thinking, yeah, he's going to say what a... And he gives me the money. I, get, I started to say something. I pointed up, and he, he looked in fear. He goes... <laughs> I'm like, wow. So then uh, I had a, one of his... He has like 60-some employees. He makes the scopes that go up in people, the doctors use. And... Uh, a guy that works for him had his car at my shop, and a month later he's picking it up, and I was like, and he had came, I got to talk to him about the Lord, took him to a service, and uh, he goes, I said, remember, did I ever tell you, I think I was telling you about some of the rain testimonies, because I've got a lot of them, and uh, he goes, 
man, Todd told everyone in the office about that. And the guy with him said, he's going to start going to church. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> so then, uh, wow, I'm not going to get to any of this. <clears throat> um, <laughs> then I was, uh, I met Mike Halstead, chassis builder. I was over there and uh, his back was hurting and I, is, I just met him the first day. He builds cars too. And uh, I went over there to meet him. And I'm like, can I pray for your back? <laughs> and God healed us back. And uh, so we kind of clicked. So then I'm like, he mentioned the, the guy's car. It's a pretty known car. I'm like, next time you're around him, ask him about when we were at Orlando and the range. He goes, he told me about that. I'm like, really? I'm like, wow. But he never called me back because I think, I think conviction was on him. <laughs> Probably didn't want to. Now he knows God's real, they'll run from you. <clears throat> So, anyway, let's go to Matthew 9.33. I'm probably not going to get hardly anything. I kept thinking this is going to be too short, and I got, like, pages. I ain't even got half the first page. To... And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake. So the guy was dumb, couldn't talk, and Jesus cast the demon out, and he could talk. And a lot of deliverance ministries, like Henry Wright, has a lot of people that talk when they cast the dumb spirit out. And the multitudes marveled, saying, it was never so in Israel. Now, all the other miracles were done in the Old Testament. Elijah raised the dead, called water down, rain down. <clears throat> but the only thing that wasn't done is they never had authority over evil spirits until Jesus so they were like, who is this guy? And then he casts him out by Beelzebub, accusing him of being demonic, yet the demons know who he was. We know who you are. He's like, shut up. <laughs> are you here to punish us before the appointed time? Because they have a, they're a judge kingdom. They have an appointed time to go Amen. in the abyss. <clears throat> Let's go to Luke 4.36. And they were all amazed. Y'all ready? Yep. And they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And, man, time's flying. I'm just going to give some scriptures. This is just a word. If you'll take this in, this is James's word, but actually, I got it somewhere else. But uh, when we're studying the Bible, you'll find things that are just written once, and they can be important. But most of the things that are important, you'll find scripture after scripture after scripture. <clears throat> Matthew 10, 1. Because some people get the one scripture that's mentioned one time and they build 
a whole ministry on that thing. And it just, there's some things that are important. <clears throat> and when he called the disciples <clears throat> to him, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Matthew 10, 7. And eight. And as he and as you go, this is for us, preach saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Mark three fourteen. Can't believe I thought I didn't have enough. I told him we left because he, sh he showed up to church like 20 to 7. So he came over and I'm like, well, I'm not going to have the end of this. Shoot, I'm not going to get. I said Mark 3, right? Make sure I didn't give that one already. And he ordained the 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. Mark 6, 7. I just, you know, want to point, because the church at large, and I know our church does deal with this some, but most churches are, we wouldn't have all the problems in America if we'd been dealing with a lot of this stuff, you know. <clears throat> and he called unto them, he called the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. One more. Mark sixteen Start at 15. Go ye, and this is him after he's risen. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. First one. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And this is James's opinion again. Serpents were very common over there. I think they feared them, and I think they weren't doing snake-handling churches, but they did not fear, like when the serpent bit Paul, and he slung it in the fire, let it hang on his finger. They all thought he was going to die, and he didn't. Then they thought he was a god. So part of the benefits is casting out demons. And, and I know there's some new people here, so we don't realize how much spirit's involved in everyone's lives. And that's the problem, not psychological problems, not diseases have spirits behind them. Um, <clears throat> my mom had trigger finger in her thumb. And 
she'd had it operated on, and then a year later, this one locks up, and that's when I started learning about demons. <laughs> so I'm like, Mom, this is bitterness, arthritis, all that's from the spirit of bitterness. I don't even pray for arthritis anymore. I get, if they'll truly forgive, it has to go. <clears throat> that one's, you get healed through forgiveness. And you, some people argue, well, I've cast it out. And I'm like, yeah, and it probably came back, because if they didn't forgive, it's going to come back. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, I'm like, sat down with my mom, and I'm going to look in my eyes, and I'm just commanding bitterness to come out. And then the Lord showed me it come out. Her face did something weird. <clears throat> and uh, I'll just tell you in case someone in here actually, the gift of discerning of spirits, I didn't know, I'd never heard of this happening this way, but if you took her skin and pulled out that big around, three spots on each side that far, I mean, it scared me because it looked like it really did it. I'd seen it in my eyes. This was not my imagination. It was, but it was through the gift of the Spirit. And her head went into this hideous-looking thing, and I'm like, because I'm like, bitterness, come out. And I'm like, get out of my mom! <laughs> her head snaps back, and I'm like, move your thumb. It's freed up. I'm like, just look at my eyes a while. And I just sat there because I'm seeing things, and I was like, I got to get used to this. And it took about three or four years to get. And it ain't happened in a long time now. Now, usually, just the cloud will come. But uh, if they get delivered, if there's no cloud, then no anointing's happening. They got unforgiveness or something, some kind of sin. Anyway, <clears throat> six days later, her thumb locks back up. I'm like, Mom, somebody need to forgive. That can't just come in like that. She forgives someone. I pray again. <clears throat> takes twice as long to get it out. And I didn't see nothing the second time, but comes out, hand frees up, six days later, locks back up. I'm like, somebody not forgiven. And you know my mom, very sweet lady, and a very loving person. It's just this is how serious the gospel is on what he tells us to do. We got to forgive everyone. Um, I just pray for God to show her who she need to forgive. Two months go by, her thumb's locked up, and she has this dream, something my dad did to her 30 years ago. She didn't tell me what it was. She walked in the room. He was doing whatever it was, and she, this is in the dream, and she knocks him down. She's kicking him on the floor, which is funny because my mom's, like, on a cane, you know, but, and she wakes up, and she goes, oh, Lord, I forgive him for that, and her thumb freed up, and has been free for, that was in 2003, I think, been free ever since, but... What, and I just want to explain, see, I was using my authority to get it out, but it had an open door through the sin because demons hang out in sin. I don't care if you speak in tongues. I don't care what you do. Right. It's sin is where they live. Romans 6.16. I'll just... Man, I got a year's worth of teaching, evidently. I thought it was. <laughs> I ain't getting nowhere. <laughs> know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are, to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. <clears throat> now, when a child has a problem, it's usually generational, especially sickness, because like I've taught on different 
sins causing different diseases. Is there anybody here that don't? Probably a few of y'all haven't been. For instance, the lady calls the ministry I learned under. A friend of mine just got healed on one of your meetings. Do you think he can help me? says, what do you have, osteoporosis? I've had it since I was 30. I'm six years old, and I can hardly get around on my walker. says, well, let me ask you this, because he knows what causes it, because there's different sins behind different diseases. <clears throat> says, when you're in high school, early college, did all the other girls make the best grades? All the other girls have the best-looking boyfriends, and all your life you feel like everybody's better than you? All my life I've been that way. Yeah, it's right there in your Bible. I've been there 3,000 years. Really? Yep, Proverbs 14:30. Enviness is the rottenness of the bones. <clears throat> so he teases her on envy three times, three phone calls, like 45 minutes on each call. And she's, he's teaching her, and she's seeing her sin, and she's repenting. Oh, Lord, forgive me for, for me for comparing myself to, you know. And it's very easy if you're a Christian and you just see your neighbors doing really good and you're struggling. Oh, Lord, why are they blessed, you know. <laughs> That'll get you sick. Um, three phone calls, over a six-week period, like 45 minutes each time, she calls back, I'm getting stronger. I don't need my walker. She goes for an annual checkup, doctor she's had for years. He's like, what in the world are you doing? Your bone density increased 15 to 18%. You have the bones of a 30-year-old woman, which is when she got it, and that's what God gave her back. She said, I got right with God. I got of a sin called envy and jealousy. <laughs> sure, the doctor thought she's cuckoo. <laughs> Two years later, later, sent a letter in. I fulfilled my lifelong dream of walking all over the land of Israel for, for six weeks. I'm as strong as a teenager. But now with children, it's not. They don't, it doesn't work that way. <clears throat> it's generational sin. They don't, when you're underage accountability, you're not suffering anything, anything you've done. You, Probably go kill somebody and not suffer anything. <clears throat> For instance, 15-year-old kid, brain cancer, probably going to die. This lady asks the guy studying her a lot, <clears throat> will you go down and pray for my grandson? They said he's probably not going to make it. He goes down to the hospital. says, uh, the dad's there. says, why isn't your wife here? Your son's dying? Yeah, we're... Uh, Things aren't working out with this. It's probably not going to even work out for us. Uh, he says, so y'all are fighting. Yeah, it's like, what if I told you that's why your son is over there dying? Are you crazy? I've been in church 30 years. I ain't never heard something so crazy in my life. He said, you need to read Matthew 18, 23 through 35. And I'll just tell the story. You can read if you want. <coughs> the uh, king, somebody came in, owed him 1,000 talents. That's equal to $44 million today's money, and he said, throw him in prison, his wife, his children, and everything he owns. And he begged him to forgive, to, he begged him to he, let him, give him time, he would repay, and he forgave him all the debt. That's us getting saved. We get forgiven everything. Then he found somebody that owed him 55 pence. I'm sorry, 100 pence, which is equal to $55. And the guy begged him to give him time to repay, and he said, no, throw him in prison. So the king brought him back in, said, how could you, after I forgave you all of that, not forgive this guy? That's people that sin against us as Christians. He said, throw him in prison with the tormentors, 
which is evil spirits. That's verse 34. Verse 35, Jesus talking, so shall my Father do to everyone that does not forgive everybody. He explains that to him. He says, call your wife. He goes, she won't come. Just call her and see. She comes down there. He tells her, are you telling me? Because I won't forgive this idiot. My son's going to die. He goes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. So you tell me if I forgive him, God will heal him? He goes, I guarantee it. When he said that, she just starts bawling. They both start bawling. <laughs> they hug and truly make up. And he just walks over and put his hand on the sheet. Demon of cancer, you ain't got no more right to be in this child. As long as they're walking in love, <clears throat> then you got to come out in Jesus' name. Next day, a kid walked out of the hospital, couldn't find nothing in him. <clears throat> Another thing is we can have authority. I was just kind of wanting to talk about authority and stuff. I don't know. The... Uh, Because when we're trying to get demons out, and I just, and when Maria was teaching, she mentioned s stuff going, I'm like, and I'm not trying to be the know-it-all, I've just been doing it a while, and I've learned some things. We all can learn from each other. We may have things I can learn. But uh, when you get in the battle with people, they start manifesting, because the way it works is doubt. Doubt will hit anybody in here that's never heard this. When you leave here, James is crazy. Demons are around. Demons aren't in people, you know, and this is a demon telling you that. But, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Kenneth Hagin had a guy going on a trip with him to uh, minister. And he got in the car. He says, wait a minute, I forgot my insulin. He says, you won't need that while you're with me. But he went in and got it. And he's, they went to this church for three weeks, gets up. He's like, man, that's weird. I don't need insulin. That night, he eats a little bit of cake or something. Next day, it's going to be really high today. That's the darndest thing. It's perfect again. Next day, he's like, and he starts eating everything he can eat for 30 years. <laughs> I know it's going to be high today. The whole three weeks, he's eating like crazy, all kinds of stuff. Imagine you ain't been able to eat sweets in however many years. So... Gets back, <clears throat> a month later, comes to Kenneth Hay, and he said, explain to me why, when I was with you, I didn't have diabetes, and now I have it again. He said, oh, that's easy. That spirit can't operate under my authority, and as long as you're with me, you're under my authority, but now you're on your own. You have to get your own authority and deal with that. So you can take authority over things in your house, you know, but as far as people, another thing they'll do, I'm just probably not even going to fall in none of this. don't have time for all those scriptures. <laughs> just all scriptures there. Um, <clears throat> I, I do need to read this one. Romans 13, 8 through 10. I mean, yeah. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. Covet's a huge thing in the U.S., but we don't know that word, and it's all in the Bible, and it's what we're 
all bound up with. <clears throat> and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is a fulfilling of the law. So when we walk in love, we fulfill the law. And basically what, we, what most of the church has is they got one foot in the kingdom of God and then one foot in the enemy's kingdom. <laughs> and then they wonder why things aren't working. And when we're trying to get a spirit out of somebody, because if y'all said y'all starting, I said praise God if people are starting to manifest. That's, we need people to start getting free. See, the gospel is real. <clears throat> Imagine if they've been casting homosexual demons out for the last 50 years. <clears throat> the, uh, not that nobody would be, but most people, a lot of people want to be free. People don't become a priest for 50 years. And I mean, those people didn't want to do that. They were love God and they're not wanting, you know, you, we need to feel sorry for these people and help people get delivered that have issues. No issue is, we don't judge any issue is, you know what I mean? The, uh, there was a 11 year old girl in a mental institute, a deliverance minister was coming into town. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and yeah, the, uh, They got her, it's coming to this people's church, so they got her out <clears throat> and said, uh, wanted him to, he was going to do deliverance with her. So he starts, and it took a long time to get the first one out. Then he's getting him out, and it's the second or third day. There's other pastors there watching to learn, and uh, it's about lunchtime. He's getting tired, and he's like, I need to take a break. So this other pastor's sitting over there and like, I can do this. You know, the girl's sitting there, and he's like, you demon of hell, you come out of her right now. She just looks over. You can't cast me out. You're sleeping with your secretary. <laughs> looks back over the other guy. They know everything you do. Don't. I have a lot of people like, oh, I don't think they do. I'm like, you need to be caring. God knows. Why are you caring with the, that? It's a very intelligent kingdom that, follows a hierarchy down, those little things you're messing with actually have another head over you and about, could be 300 other people, the principality. And when you get saved, one's assigned to you, and he studies every weakness in you. And as long as you ain't doing nothing, they just keep track of you. You start doing things for the Lord. You start leading people to the Lord. You start getting people healed. It, Reports back. Oh, what's his problem? Whatever his problem is. We'll send that, you know. <clears throat> Here's this many demons. Eh? And uh, that's why you don't judge people that are like when Jim Baker fell. <clears throat> you think these little things we deal with are. You get up there and let a million people be following you. You have no idea. Kenneth Hagin was, uh, may have been Jim Baker or Swagger or one of them because it was back then. <clears throat> Somebody said, uh, did you see so-and-so in the news? He's like, yeah, I can't believe he did that. And then that night, he would read the Bible. He had a little pavilion thing behind his house, a room, and uh, had a drop light with an extension cord. And he'd read the Bible at night in there by himself. Turns the light out, gets on his knees to pray like he always does. The room lights up lighter than the light made it. <laughs> the audible voice of God comes. 
And if you know Kenneth Hagin, you'll know he's, I think he's the most trustworthy teacher we've ever had. <clears throat> and uh, he says, who are you to judge another man's servant? He said, well, Lord, he did do that, didn't he? He said, who are you to judge another man's servant? He's like, well, I'm sorry, Lord. He said, you don't know what pressure that man was under. You don't know if you could have stood half as long as he did with the pressure he was under. So that's why we don't judge others. And the minute you judge someone, you open yourself for that same spirit to attack you. And it's very common. Church I was in before I came here, this guy was judging someone for leaving his wife. Like six months later, he left his wife. Just... 2 Timothy 2.24. Oh, I was on it. I grabbed it and I'm flipping. I had it in my hand. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give him repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that he may recover himself out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So we have to be gentle and patient with people and instruct them. And when they repent to the truth, like, hey, unforgiveness, hey, whatever sin they're in, and then when they turn from that, then is when we can get lasting deliverance a lot of times I mean there's been there was a guy in here I was asked to pray with and the Lord's like no it's not going to do any good he's got sin in his life I didn't know what the sin was but I do now but I didn't then So we recover ourselves when we come to the acknowledging of the truth. I'm just trying to skip a bunch of this. There was this woman I was helping for a while. It wasn't that long ago, nine months ago maybe. That uh, spins like five hours a day praying in the spirit every day and came from the most brokenness and she still has a lot of stuff but just broken before the Lord and just very anointed and I could talk to her I could just mention anybody and she would say well the Lord wants them to forgive her she just was in a real place with the Lord and uh, she was doing Zoom calls and I went on there and when you're that close, and you, she'd been doing deliverance for several years, actually. <clears throat> there was probably 10 people on there. Every one of them goes into manifestations. And she just commanding these things to come out and commanding them. And, com- and, we were <laughs> and afterwards, I said, you're going to be doing that the rest of your life. Those people need to repent. That's why they're manifesting so bad. I'm like... They're going to be back in a couple weeks with the same darn thing. That's why you're going through this two-hour thing every, I think it was once a week or twice a week or something. And then I said, you got to start teaching. First thing is forgiveness. I was like, that one lady, she's uh, sleeping with somebody. And that, I could, God had just show me things. I was like, you're not going to get nothing out of any of them. 
permanently. You get it out for you can get it out when they get the car. It might be, they'll tell you how much better they are, but like is like my mom is this finger stay, is it staying or are they letting it back in? So because the enemy will send people to and you need that too. He'll send people just to use your time up. Because when you get in deliverance, there's so many people wanting deliverance and not many are doing it. I mean, I was on the phone several hours with a lady from New York a couple of days ago just saw me on the internet. They can't, people can't find anybody. You talk to anybody that you meet that's in deliverance, they got the same thing. It's like everybody calls because they want help. <clears throat> so the enemy will send you people that you're not going to get help just to keep coming and use your time. Another thing you want to do is uh, if you're doing deliverances, <clears throat> if, you, if they start manifesting, and I know a lot of y'all have never seen someone manifest this, <clears throat> and you may never, unless you really start walking a series, the, uh, the enemy will be so loud and you've got to, you can command them to stop manifesting the quiet because you want to look for a word of knowledge from the Lord. And I've got information that got people free. I'm like, what right you to have the, you know, the, man, I went out this, the church asked me to go to these people. This is like 20 years ago. And I went with these two people that had done some deliverance, but they didn't know anything about repentance. <clears throat> and we go out there and this, they lived in the groves, these people from the church, and one of them just had started, was in total manifestation for three days and running through the groves, come in and beat them up and run back out. <clears throat> so we go out there, and we're pulling in the grove, and I mean, the, you could cut the fear with a knife. I'm like, stop the van. I'm like, fear, get out. <laughs> the two with me, going with me. It's peaceful. We start going, hey, we don't go 100 feet. <clears throat> I'm like, man. You don't want to be in fear when you're... We have authority over them. Let me say this real quick. If a two-year-old came up and, gra and, and did that, would you be scared? So if something without a body that you couldn't see did that, it's just they're, they got less power than a two-year-old. The only power they have is where the people are giving themselves over to sin. Okay. There was a lady <clears throat> had Dan Muller come to his house. Objects are moving around. A pen gets up and goes, she goes, look, she's screaming, ah! And it goes over on the table. He gets, he goes, he goes and grabs the pen. Is this scary? Is this scary? Is this impressive? Was that impressive? He goes, I'll tell you what's impressive. The God of the universe that created everything, put him this self in the womb of a woman. Now that's impressive. <laughs> Got somebody see. <laughs> if I by the finger of God cast out devils, know ye this the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Luke eleven twenty. So you want to pray for that word of knowledge if you, and I have had, I've been like, what right do you have this her mother, you know, stuff like that. You know, if they start talking first. At first, I was getting them to talk, and that was, that was having a lot of stuff going on. Um, 
It can be sins of the parents. I had a cough for years, and I had got delivered the speech impediment. Well, you all don't even know that. I had a speech impediment. That's one of the first things I got delivered of. <clears throat> and then a lust thing I got delivered of, and I've been fighting for years. <clears throat> and, uh, and sexual sin goes 10 generations. Regular sin goes three to four. Um, so anyway, I went to Henry Wright's, and I seen throat problems, usually Freemasonry. I'm like, what the heck? The guys at the parade? I'm just, I didn't know nothing back then. <clears throat> I was learning all on my own. I didn't have any, know anybody in deliverance. But I went up there, and uh, that's where the lady next to me is healed of 16 incurable diseases. The crazy amount of healing and deliverance happened that week. But uh, so I go, and uh, I'm like, well, I got this cough, you know, I just cough all the time. People are like, you sure you don't have pneumonia? I'm like, not unless I've had it five years, because I've been coughing five years. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I came back, and the... Uh, Asked my mom, do we have Freemasons in our bank? No. And they prayed with me, nothing happened, but I didn't really believe. And uh, it was just, I didn't understand it. <clears throat> then uh, a month later, I prayed, God show me if that has anything to do with this cough. A month later, my mom's sister calls, somebody change our grandfather's tombstone, which is my great-grandfather, four generations, and put a tombstone with a big Freemasonry sign on it. I was like... She told me, I'm like, God did that for me. Praise God. So I called the ministry back. I do that, Freemasons. They said, go on this website and get this repentance list, which is a mile long. We did it in Luann's class. We all did it. And uh, <clears throat> I went through that list, said the prayer on the end. And man, it, it felt like a golf ball. I didn't realize how messed up my throat was till it came out because it had got worse over the years. And when it came out, I can tell you what it felt like. It felt like I had a balloon in there blown up holding my throat where it would tickle, but when you go, <clears throat> it, <clears throat> it would not, it just tickle when I caught, it wouldn't get better. And I met people, Freemasons that had the same thing, it's a common thing actually. But, uh, so that was neat. When it came out, I was like, nobody would believe this. I'm going, this is, here I just got, the two things, and I've been delivered of a spirit of death, crazy attack. God sent someone from another state to fast 40 days for me. It was a crazy thing. I'm not going to go into all that, but that was pretty well. Um, first time I, I just, I'll just tell a couple little testimonies I've, I think I've told before, but <clears throat> I kind of botched this all up. <laughs> I hope it was okay. The... Uh, <clears throat> A guy comes by my shop, he's like, my wife left me, and he's going on, and I'm like, now he knew a little, I had him do deliverance with me on somebody else once, and um, I'm just, the self-pity, self-pity is the one that makes you want to kill yourself, makes you depressed. When something bad happens, I've prayed for people after losing loved ones, and seven days, you know, had them crying and cast it out, and they're like, this is weird. I feel good now. And uh, so a guy comes by my shop. He's like, his wife less going on. And I can just, the way the gift usually works with me is, I, I don't know how else to say it, but when you're talking, if you start manifesting, I feel it in your voice. Don't I? 
And I'll tell them, the girls are close, or guys, anybody close to me, I'll be like, eh, you're manifest. I don't think so. I'm like, I feel it. Not what you're saying. Not anything to what you're saying. You're manifest. <laughs> Might need to forgive or whatever it is. And uh, so the guy's like, I'm just feeling the self-pity galore, man. He's all upset. And his wife just left him two days earlier, and they were in the ministry together. And I'm like, Lord, I, what do I do? I can't tell him. He's in self-pity. He'd punch me in the face. And I, and I wouldn't blame him. His wife just left him, you know? How do you explain this to them that don't understand spirits at all? And uh, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? I can't tell him. His wife just left me. He punched me. And I, he goes, just cast it out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I wait till he gets done. I'm like, man, that's, I'm so sorry. Can I pray for you? Yeah, I'm just look in my eyes. Lord, bless him. And I'm being all nice. And then self-pity, get out in Jesus' name. <laughs> He's like, man, wow. I feel good. This is amazing. Comes by the next day. He's great. Comes by the next day. It's great. The next day, I can see out in my parking lot. He gets out of the car, and I can just see it on him. And he shuts the door. He's like moping in. I'm like, oh, God. Because self-pity is the one that will... You ever everybody calls you on the phone and goes on and on and on about the same thing every time they call that happened when they were four or whatever, and you try and help them, but you can never help them because they just keep reliving that. That's self-pity always takes you to the past and the bad things that's happened. It's like Paul said, I keep my eyes <clears throat> to the mark of the high calling. I do not look behind. Anyway, he comes in and, well, she's taking this, and she's seeing this guy, and she's doing this, and she goes on for like 20 minutes. And he gets done. I said, do you want to keep that? I'll just be him for a minute. <sighs> I'm standing right here, okay? I'm just, and I'm standing there. He's going back and forth and sighing. And, and even if I catch myself sighing, I always make sure I'm not in self-pity because it sighs. <clears throat> and uh, he finally, he may have just been embarrassed in front of me. He turns around. I guess not. I'm like, good, look in my eyes. Self-pity, get back out of him in Jesus' name. He's like, why do I let that thing do that to me? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Six months later, he calls, James, he's divorced now. I'm just not built like you. I need a wife. The Bible says you find a woman, you find a good thing, and I'm just not meant to be alone. And I'm like, okay. We talked a while. He's getting ready to hang up. Hey, let me pray before you go. Okay, I'm praying, and I go, Self-pity, get out of him in Jesus' name. He goes, man, all that feeling of needing a wife just left. <laughs> First time Jason come in my yard, I had talked to him once at church. He found out where I lived. This is like a year later. Comes by, and his girlfriend left him, and he's just sitting there bawling, telling me all the story about her. He can't hardly function and uh, just trying to get through. And I'm polishing the mags. I had that... Mustang Coupe, the black one with the blower. I don't know if you ever saw that. I'm sitting there in policy. I finally, he gets done. And I'm looking up. I said, if you could not feel everything you're feeling inside right now, would you want to not feel that? Yeah. Good. Self-pity. Get out of here. He's like, man. He jumps down, grabs my polish, starts doing my mags. He goes, 
what, what are you doing tomorrow? I go, I got to go to the track and work on a car. I'm going with you. And, he, and for nine months, he'd be at my house at six in the morning waiting for my curtains to open, and I'd have to kick him out like midnight. I couldn't even get a five-minute being alone. <laughs> it was a, very hard. <laughs> but... Uh, <clears throat> Lady had lupus, six months to live. These people from church, it's that same guy, the one to sell pity. He came to me. He had a, he's had a lot of people heal like cancer and stuff, praying of faith. He's like, man, we went out and prayed. They asked me to go with them. And he goes, I know nothing happened. I just know it. And, uh, and he's the one that hears so accurately. Not a lot, but he's, I never heard him miss. He says, so, Lord, Holy Spirit's telling me I need to take you out there with what you're learning. And this is when I was first learning this, <clears throat> like 20 years ago. He says, uh, we go out there, the roots of lupus is guilt. <clears throat> and uh, the lady, the husband's like, she can't come out the bed, but she comes out. She looks really bad. Sits down. Can we ask you some questions? Yeah. Do you have any guilt? starts bawling. She had told her husband 20 years ago she wished he was dead and he got killed the next day in a car wreck. So we ministered to her, explain and explain spirits a little, spirits of guilt <clears throat> causing it. She had staph infection, which has no root, <clears throat> and, uh, but it is spirit infirmity. <clears throat> None of these bacteria things were in here before the fall of Adam's sin. <clears throat> um, so we cast guilt out, cast spirits infirmity behind the staph infection out. And that year, before this, the whole year she was either in the hospital or had to go to the hospital all but two years, all but two days that year. So she had to go back the next day and get blood tests. And the doctor comes out and says, I don't know what's going on. We can't find your staph infection in your blood, but there's no way you got rid of it because you don't even have any immune system left, but for some reason it won't come up. Amen. Two months later, she came walking to my church totally well. Let's get one more testimony. That's <clears throat> lady. Uh, she knows what I teach and deliver. She's like, I see her in the mall in Vero Beach. Hey, yeah, she starts talking. She was actually in the leadership of this church. I was going a little bit. Yeah, I just wish I could go in the elevator. Uh, I can't go in the elevator. And I'm like, let's go outside. <laughs> I said, Lord, show her where this fear come in. And it's like, close your eyes, show her where this fear come in. And when she's five years old, this dog bit her in the neck. And... Uh, she starts shaking. And this is the only time. I've tried to get God to do this other times. <laughs> He's never done it again in 20 years, okay? Because this is about 20 years ago. <laughs> and uh, she uh, starts shaking. I'm like, God's delivering you. And she just sits there. Then she's sitting there calm. I was like, what's going on? I see myself going to the elevator, and it's all bright and shiny. I was like, man, it's 9 o'clock. There's no elevator. She goes, i got to walk in closet, and I can't go in. I was like, well, go see if you can go in your closet. So she goes in her closet, shuts the door, and takes her hand off the knob, turns the light out, and starts laughing. The next day she calls us. My, I have a 36-year-old daughter, and we both have allergies really bad, and 
when she we act up the same time that so she just called and she, her she's going allergies are going nuts and I don't have any and I knew fear was a root of allergies so I was like praise God the next day she calls says it's been two days and I haven't needed my inhaler I knew fear was a root of fear of abandonment with the uh, asthma it says uh, praise God ten days later I was on the phone with her I don't know who called who I'm like what's going on oh I'm in the pharmacist getting my medication I said for what hypothyroidism and I knew hypothyroidism was fear too so I said do you have any symptoms she goes no that's a weird thing my medicine ran out and usually my throat eyes and throat swell and nothing's happening I said well be honest with you I said claustrophobia asthma allergies and hypothyroidism is caused by fear and God deliver you the spirit of fear I don't think you have it anymore what do I do I said buy the medicine don't take it buy the blood test thing take that send it in she did that 0.5 to 5.0 is normal she was 0.72 then took the reels to her doctor and she had so much doubt I was like man you're because <laughs> she kept saying so you're saying I don't need medicine no you don't need medicine anymore why <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> you sure? I'm like, what are you trying to get it back? You know, let's have a little faith here. I didn't say anything. I'm just going, but uh, she was healed. And uh, and even myself, working on myself all these years, I, I would never be teaching if I didn't get delivered the speech impediment and the fear of getting in front of people and <clears throat> a lot of other things I got delivered of. And I'm still working on myself. It's a like everybody you think well, I don't have no spirits well like rejection is a common one so it makes you feel like a round peg in a square hole you feel like you don't fit in when someone corrects you you feel like they're putting you down it makes you defend yourself and I can do a whole 30 minute teaching on it and do a deliverance we've done it in this church five or six times but uh, so I had some bad stuff happen to me about 12 years ago where I was really mad at myself because I disobeyed the Lord like three times out of fear and it cost me something God wanted to do in my life that I'd waited a long time for and uh, I was on the phone with it was that woman about nine months ago I talked to her probably nine months this is at least nine months ago I was on the phone and she gets stuff for everybody all <laughs> you know she goes tell your friend <laughs> uh he needs to forgive his ex-wife so God can heal the wounds in his heart. I'm like, hmm, that's a big one. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And uh, so I'm on the phone, well, if you get anything from me, let me know. Well, actually, I already did. I wasn't going to say anything. I'm like, what is it? You have a spirit of regret. I'm like, well, that's probably true. <laughs> so I'm like, pray for me. <laughs> and uh, man, I hate to say what happened. It's going to sound bad. She prays, and man, I have to run to the bathroom and go to the bathroom, and they, they come out through a yawn, they come out through. When you don't see anything and you don't get manifestation, those are usually the lasting ones, even though if nothing happens, that happens too. But if the, uh, and I start sweating, and I've seen this doing praying with other people a few times where they just get delivered and they just pour out sweat. Both of them had suicide spirits. And... Uh, I'd never, I'd only seen that twice, like 10, 20, 18 years ago. Well, 
I start sweating and I start feeling tired. I'm like, I got to get to the house. <laughs> I jump in the car, leave work, and I mean, it's probably 11 o'clock in the morning. You know? Get home, man, I barely made it in my bed. Well, I was out for like three or four hours. I'm like, man, I am never going back into regret. Lord, help me in Jesus' name. So it's late, so <clears throat> I hope everything made sense because I sure didn't follow my notes. <laughs> It'll be back next week. Yeah, and I'll be back next week. And this, I was going to teach on something different unless y'all want to stay on this subject. <laughs> she does. <laughs> Let's have a raise of hands. Who wants to stay on this subject? One, two, three, four. Okay, who wants a different subject? Nobody wants to raise their hands. I said, okay. I had two other teachings I already prepared. Uh, just have to. No, I'm... That's all right, though. I like teaching this stuff. All right. Let's pray. Thank you. Must not have been too bad then. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this night, Lord. And Lord, just help us to walk more in your ways, Lord. I know you're wanting to pour out power beyond the book of Acts. I just know that, Lord. And I know you're looking for us to get cleaned up so we can do that, Lord. And help us to walk holy before you and not self-condemning, just in repentance. In Jesus' name, amen.